Welcome to The Laneway, where we delve into all things health, fitness, lifestyle, and sustainable fat loss. But coming at you with an unbiased, educational, and hopefully entertaining approach. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 23 of the Number One Health and Fitness Podcast, as um, judged by myself. In the start shit chat, we talk about going to a haunted resort and some of my childhood memories. And, <laughs> and trust me, it's worth a listen. Uh, Ash um, is backtracking calories again, which is something that I didn't think that I would see. Listening to find out why. Question number one. What do you do if your gym doesn't have barbells and weight plates? Question number two. I am still too scared to step into a gym. Tips. Question number three. What do you do if your doctor tells you not to lift weights? Question number four. Can I split my three full body sessions in six days? Question number five. How do I progressively overload if you only have a set of 20 kilo adjustable dumbbells? Haven't you heard me sing before? I have and it's... It's lovely. ...concerning for me. It's not at all concerning. It's beautiful. I'll tell you... I think is what you're looking for. I'm worried whether I'm beautiful enough. Why? Well, you just asked me before we started. You said... Are you pretty enough? <laughs> I did. And I said, is like, is is that a question? Like someone asked that question for the podcast? Yeah. Because we're talking about the podcast questions and we're putting them together. And you're like, oh, am I pretty enough? And I'm like, was that a question? And you're like, yeah. And I'm thinking, like you, are like you, you or me? Is someone asking, am I pretty enough? Are they pretty enough? Are you pretty enough? And what you meant was that you're going to try and film this episode. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure you had your makeup on. Which I had not had my makeup on. And your on. hair done. Why are you looking at my hair like well, that? Because it looks like it's actually been done. I did my hair. I wanted to be pretty enough. See? And I did you a solid. And then all I've been hearing is you sing him, Am I not pretty enough? <laughs> the last 20 I minutes. Have. Yeah. Bro, we went to a haunted mansion. We actually did. It was wild. Bro, it was it was wow. so scary. So, long story short, in case you have watched my mine and Ash's stories so that you don't get bored to death and drive your car off a cliff, when I was 10 years old, we were living in a place called Stuart Town. It's in, it's in country New South Wales. We lived there for four years. I have no idea why my gypsy parents decided that they were going to move from civilization to, mid, to the middle of bumfuck nowhere. We lived on 12 acres. We had to, um, what would you call it? Uh, I'm trying to use the right word for our, our sheep and our food. We had to process around food. Yes, you had to catch your own food, didn't you? We had to milk our own cows. This is no shit. There was no homogenized, poly, unsaturated <laughs> shit for us. You know, we're drinking, we're raw dogging it out of the, the cow's nipple, right? And we had to catch our own sheep and eat the sheep and all, and what have you. And so where we were, again, we would need like quite a few therapists and a long time to get to the bottom of why, why my parents decided to move out there for mm. four years. But they did. And what they forgot to check before they left is, was there any jobs out there? Easy thing to look at, you know. To forget. Yeah. Oh, I forgot. That's right. We do need the money. How are we going to our, feed our three children, right? Anyway, so there's a school with 30 children in the whole school, yada, yada, yada. I'm not traumatized at it by all. So when we had been there for quite a few years, no money, on the dole, whatever, 
one of Dad's friends <clears throat> was a builder. And I don't know how, his name was John Howard. Was it really? Yes. It's not the Prime Minister John Howard, but his name did happen to be John Howard also. And at that time, it was still just as funny then because it was around the time where John Howard was, I can't remember if he was Prime Minister or he was a politician, whatever, but it was also funny then. Probably funnier then because now a lot of people probably forget John Howard. Yeah. John Howard got onto a gig up in Airlie Beach um, building a resort because he was actually a qualified builder. So up he went. He fitted out a bus. Oh. Yeah. He has he had two kids and his wife, Melba, and they got into their bus that was fitted out to live in and they drove up. And they called back home and said to my dad, Dave, there's heaps of work up here. People earning $1,000 a week working at this resort. Now, my, you know, as a builder or a carpenter or, you know, whatever, all of these jobs, none of which my dad's qualified for. So dad said, sounds like a great opportunity. Let's pack the kids into the Kingswood, the Kingswood station wagon, and let's drive up. Now, again, my parents had no money. On the way up, we had to stop at Nana and Pop's to collect a hundred dollar to borrow a hundred dollars to get enough fuel money to get the rest of the way up. The car broke down on the way. I still remember to this day, and now this because we have a largely female audience, this might not make much sense, but I still remember this to this day, right? This was like ten years old must be the age that you start to become mechanically minded or start to really put shit together for yourself. The car's overheated, he's popped the bonnet and there's steam coming out of the radiator. Now, I knew already you don't take the radiator cap off when the car's hot. I knew that. And Dad's like, let's take the radiator cap off when the car's hot. And my dad is very mechanically minded. That's where I get it from. And I'm like, as a 10-year-old, looking up to my dad, like he obviously knows something I don't. So he's got his manly footy shorts on. He's taken off his blue singlet or whatever. And he's put it over the radiator cap and decided that that, you know, uh, one millimeter of fabric will be all the protection that he needs from a flying radiator cap, right? And I'm like, I've got a tongue out the side of my mouth and I, I'm like, I'm going to step back for this one because I don't think you're meant to do this shit, but, you know, it's not my, this is not my call, you know? I'm looking up to dad. Well, four seconds later, whack. The radiator cap hits him in the eye, cuts his eyebrow, you know, there's hot water, like boiling hot water everywhere. He's got nothing. It's on him. And his, shirt, his shirt's hot and wet. He's got nothing to wipe it off. He's yelling at mum. And I remember just being like, this is the best, you know, just a real adventure this is. You guys are awesome. Anyway, so we collect our hundred bucks. That It was a borrow. They had to pay it back. We get, we get up to Airlie Beach and we settle in for six months. And it was a memorable six months in a very positive way. We went to a school called Cannonvale, and they had a pool at the school. And you could swim during school, which back then, coming from where we came from, that was crazy to think that that was, you mean, so I'm doing maths. I'm going to pause at the end of maths. I'll go out to the pool, i swim for an hour, and then i come back in and we do English. And everyone's like, duh. And I'm like, sick. This is cool. And I remember telling... Um, you and your family the story about where we lived we lived in this um apartment like two-story apartment it looks like an old motel like a dingy motel but actually they're full-time apartments that you live in 
and ours backed onto a, <coughs> a main road, and there's a roundabout, a big, giant roundabout. And I remember as a kid, there was a, pl- a park, a playground in the middle of the roundabout. And I tell these stories, like, with a smile on my face to, like, you and your mom and Dino. And and you guys are like, what do you mean there's a park in the middle of, like, a playground? And I'm like, yeah, slippery dip and all that shit. And you guys are like, is that the safest place for a playground to be in the middle? And I was like... You know what? That's a good point. I never thought about that before. It never occurred to me at 10. You'd think it would have occurred to my parents, but my dad just did lose a brain cell from a radiator cap. So who knows? So I have all these memories and we come around and we look at all these things and I show you the Olympic-sized swimming pool that we used to swim in, which ended up actually being the size of like a backyard swimming pool. We drove past it was tiny. <laughs> it's I was like, that's not an Olympic pool, babe. Isn't it crazy, like, your lens? Yeah. How, you know, like, I'm sure if you got, I have an older brother and a younger sister, and I'm sure if you ask them their um, recollection of it, my younger sister was probably a bit young. She would have only been five or so, but my older brother's 18 months older, and, he, you know, so he would have remembered it. The only thing that they both remembered identically, because I reached out to both of them, I was like, you're not going to believe it. You know, this is where we are in our journey. And I've just gone and looked at all this stuff. And they both reply with the exact same thing. They're like, oh, my God, that was the only place we were ever allowed to go trick-or-treating. And I had told you that. I was like, oh, we went trick-or-treating here. It was the only time we are ever allowed as kids. And my brother and sister, that was the only thing that they said. Yeah. Which is funny what you remember. It is. Anyway, I remember Dad working at this place for about six months. And what would happen is, and I'm pretty sure it was a 1000 bucks a week, which back then... That was a lot of money. That's a long time ago, you know. It's 30 years ago. And I think it was just a supply and demand issue. There just wasn't enough builders there. And so they were obviously not thorough enough with checking certifications of builders because my dad had none of this shit, right? He just rocked up and they'd go, he'd go, yeah, um, I'm a cement renderer. And they're like, all right, cement render. There you go. You got a job. And I remember him coming home one day and... We talk a lot in front of Case. My parents didn't. It was children don't listen to adult conversations. And I remember getting to listen into one convo and because Dad came home early. And I'm like, oh, what a treat. Dad's home early, you know. Where's the radiator cap? Let's celebrate. And he goes, oh, yeah, I got the sack. And my mom's like, what do you mean? He goes, well, they worked out. I couldn't cement render. So I just walked around site till I found like a jiprocker. And now I'm a jiprocker. I start tomorrow. And I'm like... At the time, I thought nothing of it. Looking back now, bit of a go. Absolutely. You know, pretty good. Yeah. I'm like, good on you, bro. Well done. Yeah. You know? Oh, well, lost that job. That was shit. Let's walk to the next, you know, hey, what are you doing? Oh, you putting some jiprock and shit up? I reckon I could put some jiprock and shit up. Are you jiprock? Are you 100% I am? What, what do you do, though? You know? Can you just show me? Just now, me? the one thing we never got to see as kids was the resort that Dad was working at, but I remember it was called Laguna Keys. I remember. Anyway, not that long ago, when we were planning our trip, I looked it up, and it's closed. Yeah. And so we're having a chat about it, and I'm like, well, obviously it fucking fell apart. They've got people like my dad who can't work out not to take a boiling cap off, you know, without getting third-degree burns on your nipples. (laughs) And so... I assumed that it was poor quality workmanship and it was wholly and solely my father's fault that this place had failed until we got there. 
which I still did. It wasn't until he looked it up after. And what had happened is it was just a poor business decision. It wasn't profitable. And yeah. so it was over for two or three years. It shut down. Just they went bankrupt. They went bankrupt and that's it. It just stayed there, right? But anyway, we didn't know any of this. I'm giving a lovely tour of all the sites of Cannonvale and, you know, all this shit. And I said, let's go for a drive out and we'll just have a look and see what we can see. So you drive, it's about 40 minutes out of Airlie Beach, which is too far for anyone to travel, especially 30 years ago. And we get there and it turns out Laguna Keys is actually the suburb. And there's houses and there's a marina and there's not a lot of stuff, but there's other stuff. Because they're still mowing lawns and shit. We're like, why are the lawns still being mowed? Well, it's because it's a housing, like a small housing estate. I think there's 80 people living out there. Something like that. Anyway, so it's Laguna Keys Resort, which they've made it very difficult to get into. They've put one chain across the front. (laughs) And like, you know, if there's a workshop and they put like that plastic chain. So like literally you step over it and now we're in illegal territory. Yeah. So... Ash says, let's go in and have a look. Because you guys could imagine that I would say that. You're like, I know we're not meant to, but I really feel like we should. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly how it went down. So we go in and we get to the front door. Obviously, says no entry, whatever. But they've got big windows, right? The size of um, maybe if you think of like a, a tall man is six foot. Oh, they're floor, it's floor probably, the ceiling, weren't they? Yeah, right. So yeah. it's probably like a 10 foot yeah. high. And maybe 10 foot wide window, completely smashed. There's no window left there at all. All the glass is on the ground. So I'm like, that might as well be a welcome sign. (laughs) It might as well be someone there saying, come on in. Would you like to have a historic tour? Yes. So we stroll in and we go into reception and it's a huge tall roof and it's so fucking creepy that you get the heebie-jeebies just by being in there, right? It was so creepy. There's... A computer from 30 years ago on the floor. (laughs) From the 1800s. Right. That's what it felt like. That's what it looked like. (laughs) There's an old pool table. It's all like it's part falling apart, part vandalized, smashed windows, all that stuff. And we walk in. We're kind of talking normal. Bit of a sound on the roof. All good. So we take a walk down the left wing and we come to find that these are all the bedrooms. And it actually felt like, I know this might like sound like a weird comparison. It felt like the Titanic. That's how it felt. If you can picture that they dragged the Titanic up and you could walk through, it's kind of still newish, but not. Yeah. A lot of, like the Titanic, yeah, all right. It's probably got all sea life, you know, mating in it now, whatever, and like covered and shit. But like, it was brand new when it went down. Yeah. It's not like it slowly deteriorated over years and then sunk. It was brand new. And that's like this place. It was brand new and then abandoned. Yeah. So it was a super weird mixture of this would have been lovely and, oh my God, that's horrifying what I've just seen. Yeah. It was a perfect mixture of those two. So we so we, we head down the wing where there's all the... We didn't go upstairs, but it's upstairs, downstairs. We stayed downstairs. We go into one room and it's in not bad condition. There's some bric-a-brac around. Could probably do with a garage sale to get rid of a couple of chairs and shit. Couple of pillows. There's few pillows blankets. and blankets, and so we go. We look all the way down one wing. We probably spend fifteen minutes going all the way down, looking through a couple. Be- we didn't open any doors, but if there was a bedroom door open, we'd go in. Yeah. Go on the fire escape, have a look in there. 
Anyway, we wander all the way back. And this whole time, you're saying this is the best thing ever. Let's keep looking. No, I wasn't. A whole time I was saying this is so creepy and it smells and it's eerie and it just felt like heaps of people died in there. And I was like, Brad and Case are like thrill chasers. They're like, this is the best day ever. And I'm like picturing the whole time. Imagine if you walk into one of these rooms and there's like a dead person on the floor. I was like, this is going to be traumatizing if this happens. Like, I'm like, don't go in there. Let's just go. We've seen enough. And then you wanted to keep going. Yeah. I was just as scared as you, but I just sent Case in first. (laughs) I knew we wouldn't have to worry about it. So we look all the way down one wing and I go, all right, so this must be, it's smaller than I thought it was, which is, I remember you said that when we first got together. (laughs) I I felt like it would have been, like, I felt like it was going to be this big resort that spread over multiple acres, but it was really just one big, one big building with two separate wings, like... There's Wasn't prob- there 60 rooms? Didn't I reckon. they said there were 60 rooms in total? So it's not a massive resort. No. Yeah. Anyway. Right? So we go, let's walk back. I think Ash suggested, let's walk back and look at the opposite end. So this wing is obviously all the bedrooms. I wonder what the other wing, the other wing must be dining and all this stuff. Anyway, so we start walking down and that's when it starts to get creepier. If that's possible. Yeah. We start to see things written on the wall. Now, normally when you see writing on the wall, you know, like if we had seen a dead person, it literally said on the wall, he is in the walls. Like, you know, the writing was on the wall. Yeah. Like it was creepy writing. Yeah. On the wall. Yeah. It literally said he's in the walls. And it was and just we the like... right amount of like, whoever wrote that is creative. Creative was probably not the word, but yes. Right? So we had just read that and we were walking into a room that looked like at the same time that the roof had almost caved in or something, but I had only caught a glimpse. I think afterwards you said that, because you were in front mm. and yeah, I've looked at, I'm like, this doesn't look safe. It looks like the roof's caved in. And then... I walk around a corner and a man in a red shirt comes out of nowhere. <laughs> With a straw hat on, kind of like a scarecrow. Case and I didn't see it because Brad had turned the corner before us and immediately, what did you say? Turn back. There's a man. There's people. There's people. (laughs) You're like, run. (laughs) So Case and I just immediately, no questions asked, just turn around and just start running and Brad's got the camera going. And I was scared out of my brains. I stopped before we went through the window, looked back and zoomed in on the camera, waiting to see, honestly, a ghost come around. the. You know, I was like, did I see that? Like, he appeared so out of nowhere and so unexpectedly. We'd been talking the whole time. We'd opened doors. I yelled to scare you. Like... You did. You screamed to scare me. Yeah. And you did. You scared me. Yeah. A lot. Yeah, duh. <laughs> and... So these people or ghosts, whatever they were, have to have heard us. We were 30 metres away from them when we first walked in. If we, When we first walked in the main entry, you either go left to the bedroom or the rooms or you go right to the ghost lobby. And we spent quite a bit of time in the centre, like looking around and, you know, heard a noise on the roof and what have you. And we're talking. Yeah. And I was videotaping and talking. Yeah. So they had to have heard, but 
they didn't. Maybe the ghosts can't leave the ghost lobby. <laughs> but then we went out. We got out the front, and you're like, still got the camera going. You're like, holy shit, this was like so creepy. But then I, we turned to look just back, and we're looking, peering down. I reckon we're probably a couple of hundred meters away, and then I saw somebody in the window that had a black shirt on. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, okay, well, I've seen, I can see someone standing, standing there staring through the window. And I was like, let's just get the hell out. And Casey's like, hi, hi. And I'm like, Brad's like, Casey, stop. <laughs> I think he saw Red Shirt Man. Yeah. Yeah. He saw the Red Scarecrow, go, the Red Ghost Scarecrow. Yeah. And you saw. Black Shirt. Black Shirt Guy. But I thought it was a chick, but yeah. Could you, have been. You were like, I don't know. They were like, surely they were living there. And honestly, if they were, that makes me so sad because that place is so creepy. Like, that's that's not a place that you would be like, oh, awesome, free accommodation. Yeah. So, we decided to go back at night. <laughs> no, we did not. No, we did not. It was a firm no uh, and we, we were out. Uh, we don't get many firm no's from you. We get a lot of giggle no's. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of giggle nose. Yeah. But when it's a firm no, yeah. we all know that it's a firm no. Yeah, it's a resistance not worth pursuing. Yeah. Often. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And so then we drove home and that's when we searched it up and we found out it had only been open for three years and that was why, you know, it's it has been since bought. So they sold off part of the land and it's since been bought by, I think, maybe a Japanese investor that owns an- another very successful resort on the Gold Coast, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, but they just like haven't that. done anything with it. Maybe they're waiting for more population growth or something. Maybe there's something that they're waiting for. There's nothing out there. Nah. Like, it doesn't shock me to see that it wasn't really successful. Like, driving out there, it took so long, and there is literally nothing out there. Like, if you're out there and you want to quickly duck to Woolworths, like... Yeah, there's no, there's no Woolworths. Like I, I know that that's se- that seems almost silly to say. It doesn't seem, seem silly at all. There's just nothing there. Um, for a resident, yeah, I think a lot of people live on acreage, and they are like used to it, you know. But they might be able to eat their own sheep or something. Whereas, out there, it's like a normal. It would have been a lovely residential area. Yeah, it would have in its time. It would have been like, well, that was. That th- did we work out it was 31 years ago or something? Yeah. That yeah. fly is really annoying me. Yeah. So. I was funny ignoring him. Buzzing around my face. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was our, like, I think that was, we were here the second day or something and we did that. It was so creepy. And then yeah. we went on a boat, but that was not creepy. That was. Interesting. Interesting. Our expect, and then you, ma- you made a reel out of that, which I think was great. About expectations, we picked up the boat. The guy said, you've picked a great day for this. It's smooth sailing out there. You're going to have a great time. And there was a half a metre to one metre swell, which is not smooth and not a great time. What it is, is if you can picture driving over one half metre bumps at 100 kilometres an hour in any car, that's what it was. (laughs) 
That is so true. The whole time. The Did whole we time. not sit there and go, this is worse than the Gibber River Road? Yeah. It was, I have got a bruised bum. I'm not even joking. Yeah. You should see my pelvis. <laughs> so we did go to a couple of nice, like once you got to where you wanted yeah. to go, it was beautiful. Yeah. But uh, that's like the fat loss phase. Right. right. This guy told us how smooth it was going to be. If he would have said, look, I'm going to be, I'm going to, look, this is how it is. It's hard for me to swell. It's going to be fucking bumpy. However, once you get to this beautiful spot, stay there and enjoy it because it's lovely. You're going to see this giant big grope of fish. You're going to see this, that, the other. Have a snorkel. Have a good time. Have a Pepsi and a smile. It'll be okay. And then get back to the roughness again. That's how the Gib River Road was. Yeah. It was shit. But it was fine because our expectations were set for shit. Whereas this dude was like, bro, smooth as a baby's bum. It was not smooth as a baby's no, bum. No, it was like a humpty bumpty fucking baby's bum. <laughs> so yeah, and then that uh, that inspired a reel for you. So that was good value. Yeah. Now, four ducks have died since we've been here. What on earth? We're shocked. We, if you saw my Insta stories, the minute we arrived, it was so cute. We arrived, there's two like mummy daddy duck and then there's five baby like fresh ducklings. Yeah. Like the ones that if you go to like the Easter show, they're in a little cage and you get to hold them. Like the tiny ones, right? And, we're like, and they oh are fucking cute. They're the so cutest cute. little things. Yeah, yeah. There's one. Now. There's one left. These two idiots can't keep five ducks alive that for a week. I'm shocked. I'm like, where are your kids? Where yeah. are they? Yes. Because there's one now. Yeah. I don't know where the others went. No one. But no. there is one. Case is trying to ease it on us. He's like, they have like a little animal house here, like yeah. a mini farm. He's like, well, maybe they're in the mini farm. And we're like, who's the parent here? And yeah. who's the kid? All right. <laughs> He's like, look, it makes sense. They had somebody cutting down trees over here the other day. He said they might have just got them and put them in the mini farm. And yeah. we're like, really? <laughs> it's like the radio. You're telling me this. <laughs> the radio cap all over again. I'm not buying it. Yeah. Now, one thing I want to bring up that I didn't talk to you about. Yes. Because I want to just get your transparent, immediate response. And we really haven't spoken all that much about this either. Yeah. A little bit of vulnerability time potentially. Yeah. Which is you tracking your calories again. Yeah. I started tracking my calories last week. Um, It's been ages. Like. Have you tracked them on this trip? No. Not at all. Actually, hang on. Maybe I, I might have tracked a day or two here or there. Um, no, look, I'm going to say overall, probably not. No, Mm. no. Um, but yeah, I started tracking them last Monday. Um, full transparency. I just feel like I'm not prioritizing, um, a health, but also B, uh, I feel like I've really pushed outside of my maintenance calories for probably the last, I would say since Bali. I reckon I've, I've pushed outside. We don't have scales. We don't have measure, uh, measuring tapes. My clothes still fit me. Um, but I can feel like I've, I have put on a little bit of body fat. So, yeah. So, I started tracking my food last week just to get a bit of an idea. And when we have like margaritas and stuff like that, I easily will eat 3,000 calories in a day. Eat and drink. Yeah. Like consume. Yeah. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. And, yeah, like, it's just been something that I'm like, oh, I just want to just get 
a bit, a bit better of an idea. Something I noticed was really good at uh, eating protein. Like every day last week, I naturally ate over 140 grams of protein. So which, you, you just tracked without setting a goal yet? Yeah. So yeah. I was just like, let's see where it's at. Typically speaking, naturally I eat less during the start of the week and that was very reflective on my tracking. Um, and then typically Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I consume more calories and we off, often have a few cocktails. Like yesterday we went out for lunch and had a few cocktails while we were out. Um, so yeah, like that's kind of where I'm at at this point, just double checking everything and just wanting to get a good understanding of where I'm at. And I think that's a really good space to be. Like I genuinely think that when we teach our clients to track their food, understand their intake and not feel like lost as in, well, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I'm eating healthy, you know, but I'm not losing weight or I'm eating healthy, but I'm gaining weight. Like typically I do eat really healthy. Like I eat really good quality food. I'm always eating veggies. I'm always eating fruit. Um, and yet I can, I can still manage to get in more calories <laughs> Um, even though I'm eating healthy, right? So, yeah, so it was really like it was just an interesting sort of project to be able to rein things in and just be a little bit more crystal clear on what's happening. I think that it is an an epic um, insight because we do have chicks now that have been with us for multiple years. Mm. That will be getting to a point, there's there's going to be two types of chicks. There's chicks that are not there yet, but want to know what's at the end of the rainbow. Mm-hmm. And there's chicks that have been with us for long enough that they're ready to maintain now, yeah. effectively maintain their physique, this physique that they've built yeah. for the rest of their lives. And I think it's a great insight to what happens after the process. Yeah. So it's a three-step process to your goal. And what is step four, you know, which we've... We've never really spoken a lot about, we have discussed doing a guide to intuitive eating um, and we will do that. I don't know who the hold up is there, but anyway, <laughs> there's a li- there's, let's just say there's a list. Brad's got a list of things that I want him to write and that's one of them. And I think it's awesome for the chicks to see, it's for both of those chicks, both of those t- groups to see what am I in for in the future and, you know... What does it look like? So for you, for example, you've intuitively eaten for multiple years Mm. because you're effectively at your goal. You're looking to maintain and or slowly build. So you still Mm. progressively overload. You still get plenty of protein. However, your calories are generally within your maintenance range and therefore you don't either gain or lose body fat within a couple percent. Mm. And you've pushed outside of that and you've picked it up, I don't know, one way or the other. Maybe you watch back one of our videos and you've decided that you're going to track your calories and reduce it a little. And I think that is exactly the goal. That could be an epic goal for nearly every individual that goes through Train With Ash. Mm. If you can spend two years literally doing either no tracking at all or perhaps like what I do, I might track a couple of days here and there just to make sure my protein and everything's sort of roughly where I want it. But effectively, you might as well call it not tracking whatsoever, intuitively eating. Um, If you can spend two years intuitively eating and then potentially have to track for a week or two, make an adjustment for a month or two, and then go back to complete intuitively eating for 12 months, two years, whatever. I feel like that is such a fantastic, these are tools for life. And this just reaffirms 
I'm not going to say my dislike for meal plans. I don't have a dislike for meal plans. They have a space, but it's sometimes it can be the easy way out. We've and this has come up so much now that we're building our own app. Mm. We get stuck in between making this easier for the customer, the consumer, but or making it harder and they learn. Yeah. There's been so many times that we're like, all right, when you finish your week, you get to make a decision for the next week. Do I increase, if I'm reverse dieting, do I increase my calories or not? Right. There's two ways you can do this. We can teach you so that you have that tool forever, or we can automatically make the app do it. And we get, we get stuck every time between what's the right thing. We want to make it easier for you. So you just follow the process and it's not a difficult thing for you. But at the same time, we want to get you to a point where you are like Ash, where you can go, okay, I have all of the tools. You know, I'm a cement renderer, I'm a plasterer, I'm a builder, I'm a chippy. Right? You've got all the tools so that no matter what happens in your future, you can make any adjustment possibly needed to stay on track. Whereas... The more of those tools we take away, the more we automate it for you, the easier we make it for you, the less you learn. And maybe, does that mean you're reliant on us forever? Now, of course, we'd love to have you forever, but we'd also love to see you able to, if you're 40 years old now, see you at 50, being able to do what you do now, intuitively eat for as long as you want, Mm. and then, you know, maybe have to track here or there. And so I think it's I think it's it's just a great example of living and breathing what we teach, and that although the journey gets to a point that it's in uh, autopilot, mm. you know sometimes you still may need to. It's important to have those tools so that when the time comes that you need to do something, you have the ability to, rather than just going, oh shit, I need a meal plan again. Better go back and buy another hundred dollar meal plan, or better join back up to this or join back up to that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, like you said, it's tools. <clears throat> it's tools for life. Like that's exactly what it is. And then when you do feel like, or like we talk often even about achieving your goal, and then if you want to add in a hit class or you want to add in a run, you've got the tools that if you somehow um, maybe your physique is not heading in a direction that you like, or maybe uh, your strength is not increasing, or maybe it's declining, that you have the tools to go, okay, well, maybe maybe I should pull back that running or maybe I should pull back that those hit classes and you are no longer confused. Like you come into, so many women come into our program and they're confused. They don't know what it is that they possibly could be doing wrong. So this is yet just another example of, okay, cool. Like I, there was no like, oh, I'm so disappointed in myself. There was none of that. It was just like, oh yeah, this is happening. This is what I'm going to do. There was no tantrum. No. There was no disheartenment. No. There was no feeling fluffy. No, none of it. Like, my, honestly, my clo- my clothes fit perfectly. Like, there's, yeah. I, there is no, there's no issue there. Like, yeah. And that's partly because we tri- made an active choice not to take scales in the van because, like, there's only limited stuff that you can take in the van. And that was one of the things that we left behind. Actually, fun fact, when did I get my treatment? Was it September. Because I weigh you. Mm. I actually was a kilo more than what I would average to sit around. So I was a little bit up. Um, 
then but didn't bother me at all because I always fluctuate a couple of kilos either side of my maintenance um, here and there. And yeah, no issues at all from a mental perspective, which I just think it's the best place mentally to be able to look forward to getting to, particularly if you're not quite there yet. I did also notice I haven't found any good lighting since we got back from Bali. (laughs) I've been looking, but there must be something wrong with the light in North Queensland. In every area or every mirror that you look in. I've not yet found the right lighting. I'm not sure what's happening. Oh. All right, you want to get into this? Let's do this. Do you want to go first or second, honey? Um, I think that, I don't know, I might go first. <laughs> Does that mean I ask you first? I don't know. Do whatever you want. I was, I was talking from an innuendo point of view. Oh. Um, <laughs> what to do? What, Is what this question to do? one? Question one. What to do if your gym doesn't have barbells and weight plates? Uh, I am not exaggerating here when I say change gyms. No shit? No shit. Change gyms. Get a new flipping gym. Get a new gym. If you have gone to all the trouble to step outside of your comfort zone, join up to a gym, and they don't have barbells and weight plates, then find a new gym. That's... As simple as that's it is. That's what I that's, would do. That will be your what, quickest what, answer yet, I reckon. Yeah. What would you do? Um, yeah. Look, I mean, you're obviously, you don't just sign up to the first gym you see. So, I think that if you get to a gym, like if, I, I think that this should happen before you actually sign up. Like you should have this kind of like investigation before you tick that box and sign up for six months or whatever is have a look. And if you legitimately go to the gym and it's just full of cardio equipment, well, obviously it's not going to serve you and the program that you're doing. Like you want to be able to make sure that they do have barbells and weight plates. Otherwise you might as well still train at home with your dumbbells because that's the minimum of a minimum equipment that you need so yeah I would I would definitely go to a different gym if if that was the case um now in saying that because you know me I like to be a little bit nuanced here in saying that let's say you don't have equipment at home and let's say you live in a remote town where they only have dumbbells well of course in that instance if it means that you're training at a gym because you don't have equipment and they only have dumbbells, well, that's better than doing absolutely nothing. So in that instance, yeah, but if, if that's not your case, I can't imagine too many people here being in that situation. There, are, We do have a lot of remote ladies, but even our remote ladies go to a gym that have um, barbells and weight plates. Yeah, we've been to a lot of gyms. All across Australia? Yeah, on this journey and... Most of them have barbells and weight plates. I don't think there's been one. Remember that really weird one yeah, that bro. we went to? Yeah, bro. <laughs> we went to one in this, like, I didn't even think there would be a gym in that town that we no, went to. me either. And. We parked our horse out the front. We did. It was legitimately a town, like a horse and cart town. And yeah, there was a gym there and they had barbell. It was real old school, but they had a barbell and weight plates. So, yeah. Old yeah. school weight plates too. Yeah, it was And really old school barbells. They were not Olympic barbells. No. Yeah. They were the thin ones. Yeah. Maybe even, um, like, if this is something you're going to do for the rest of your life, and you probably should do it for the rest of your life, lift resistance training, if you want to live longer, 
you know, build muscle. If you want to improve all health markers, build muscle. If you want better bone health, build muscle. If you want better joint health, build muscle. If you want to be able to get out of the chair when you're 80, build muscle. You know, like nearly everything to do with um, uh, quality of life and quantity of life, building muscle will have a positive impact in all those areas. Blood pressure, everything, right? So potentially this could be something that you do for the rest of your life. Don't be daunted by that because don't think, oh my God, I have, because it's not going to, you might find you weight train once a week. That might be, be what it ends up being. You might find you're the old person with your gray tracksuit and your curlers in your hair, just like doing the one kilo dumbbells. That could be what it is. So don't stress that you're going to have to be 97 years old trying to do Olympic lifts. But if you're going, if you do want to have a high quality of life and longevity of life, then one of the most amazing things that's going to get help get you there is resistance training of some kind. So if you are in a remote location, what does it look like to invest in some basic equipment for at home rather than going to a gym that doesn't have the equipment that you need? I would, I would, I would formula it out. You just formulaed out your sunglasses the other day and told me they cost you five bucks a week or four dollars <laughs> ninety seven, right? And so <laughs> justify they broke for starters. And yes, I did that to justify myself a new pair of sunglasses. And here we are. So do that with your gym equipment. Go. All right, I'm forty five. I plan to live till ninety. That's forty five years. Dumbbells are $100. How much is $100 divided by 45 years? All right, that's how much it's going to cost me to have a high quality, right? And then maybe add on a barbell, add on a, you know, you don't have to do this if you're just brand new to this. Don't do it yet. But if you've been at it for three to six months and you're like, you know what? Yeah, this is me now. And yeah, I want those things. Maybe investigate what does it look like to add a couple basic things. And you probably find out it ends up costing you two cents a month for the rest of your life. Boom. Two cents. Everyone can afford two cents a day for the rest of their life. You heard it here. (laughs) All right. Question number two. This is another good one. This is another gym related one. I am still too scared to step into a gym. Tips? Question mark. Tips. Firstly, every single person that has never been to a gym before, the first time they step foot in the gym is going to be scared. So I think it's really important to know that you're not alone in that sense, that everyone feels like that when they first go to the gym. Would you believe it if Brad and I, look, Brad probably won't tell you, but would you believe it if I said that I was scared to go to the gym and even still sometimes there might we might be in a new gym and I might feel like that. What was the first F45 session I ever did? Do you remember? Because it just came back to me. No, I don't. You don't? Okay. It's only that you brought up. I know that anyone listening to this could not ever imagine me being scared of anything ever, right? And I, I don't blame you for that. However, because I project such a masculine, um, but deep down, <laughs> what are you laughing for? Keep going. Have you seen this beard? I've seen the beard. It's very masculine. So, the first time that Ash made me do F45, because I didn't want to do it, because I knew that I would lose all of my gains, but I knew that also Ash was balls deep in it. And as part of aligning our relationship railway lines, I decided to join so that I could be part of all of that team and the crew and the good times and the high fives. And 
I was too embarrassed to go into a class because I had been lifting weights, but poorly. I was doing it the bro way. I'd never tracked calories. I didn't know what a calorie was. I would try, I would make up my session every time I went to the gym. So I was, I was lifting weights, but I was doing it in the old bro way. And I hadn't done cardio for multiple years. I was so embarrassed at what my... People don't look at a lean individual and expect them to have poor cardio. They look at an overweight or obese individual and might make an assumption that, oh, this this person falls into the technical obese category, the dictionary um, definition of obese. They're coming in to do their first cardio class. Let's take it easy on them. You know, let's ease them into it. Let's not kill this individual. Whereas someone that's lean, they get shocked when you have poor cardio. Right? It's yeah. like a double standard, right? I'm just I'm about to start a fucking stance here about this shit. Of being um what's the word? Race not racist against me? It's called discrimination. It's discrimination, right? So I was too embarrassed to go into a class where I was lean, had a very small amount of muscle, but zero cardio ability. And, you know, the obese person would be pushing me, going, can you move out of my way? I need to use that equipment that you're dying on. And so I actually went in and did a class in between. Did you do a class with me? Was it just you and me? No, it was just me on my own. And I remember Ray was there and you guys put the music on. You left the equipment out for me. You put the music on and I started with those rope things and I finished the ropes and I was fucked. It was 45 seconds of ropes. And I was like, is that it? And they're like, yeah, they're like, no, it's 45 minutes. (laughs) Not 45 seconds. I'm like, is that what the 45 stands for? I was like, fuck. So there was a time that I was too scared. Not too scared, but scared. Yeah, absolutely. As well. So, yeah, there you go. It's so normal. So I think that's where I was coming from at, at the start is everybody feels scared when they go to the gym. There's a few things that you can do to help overcome that fear. And here is my top, let's call them tips. five tips. Two. Huh? Two. Two tips. tips. Five tips. Number one would be... Have a program that you can look at, like you can look at on an app or, yeah, let's call it an app. We live in 2023, right? We're not doing programs on pieces of paper anymore. Have it. Have a program in an app, ideally that has got exercise videos for you so that you can look at them before you go to the gym so that you can familiarize yourself with the equipment and the movement so that when you get in there, you're not just blind. You're not just like, I don't know what to do. I don't even know what this, you know, piece of equipment looks like. I don't know what, I don't know what I'm looking for, um, that kind of stuff. So firstly, that, have a program with videos. My next thing would be go in a time if you can that is not busy. So typically I'm like the person who knows the gym times everywhere across Australia. Typically from 12 till 2 is the quietest time of the day or 3am in the morning as I've recently heard from a friend. Um, Now obviously that's not always ideal for some people but going in a quiet time can be really helpful. Going to a gym getting a tour is another tip. Getting a tour with um, you know the the manager or or a trainer there um, they can help you 
locate pieces of equipment or even just say to them, you know, like, how do I use this piece of equipment? How does this work? How do I unrack a barbell off a squat rack, you know? If you're honest with them, they will be so helpful. Totally. I remember the first time I got my beard trimmed. Yeah. The first probably four times. And I would have to say the same thing every time. I'd go, do you guys do beard trims? They go, yes, what do you want us to do? And I'll just have to be completely honest. And so I'm going to be honest, I've never grown a beard in my life. I never thought I could. I, I just left it scruffy. I went in for a haircut. The dude trimmed it for me. And I finally realized, oh, I don't mind the look of that. I'm going to try and grow a beard. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm hoping that you can guide me. I'm 40 years old. It's the first time I've ever tried. And you know what they would always do? Nail it. They'd they're be like, they're awesome. like, no, no problem. Thanks for being, you know, they might laugh and go, oh yeah, that's funny, whatever. Yeah. And then help so well. Now when I go to get a beard trim, I go, all right, I want to fade here. I want to bring the line up here. I want that to come down, take a little bit of it out of here and point it there. Because they tell me what they did and what they're doing, etc. So same with your PT. If you go to the PT and say, look, I'm going to be honest. I've never gone to a proper gym before. I've only been at um, studios or boot camps. This is my first time. I don't know any of the equipment. Yeah. The personal trainer, he wants you there. It's like going to McDonald's and saying, I've never been to McDonald's before. Can you help me? Their job. That's them. They're like, <laughs> yeah, bruh. You, we have a com- cheeseburger. Have some nuggets. They're the best. Sweet sour sauce or sweet. Yes. You know, like yeah. I've only been to KFC before. Can you help me? Of course we can help you. This is our place. You're in our house. Totally. We will help you. That's so what the PT will do. Get your get help off a PT. Yeah. If it's not the person on reception, it'll be a PT. They'll be able to show you around. And even if there's things that you don't know or don't even know what it's called, they're going to be able to help you fully. Next tip would be to, is this number four? I'm pretty sure. Number four is going to be to, I had it right at the top of my head. I think because I chimed in. You chimed in. You keep making me lose my train of thought. Oh, headphones. Number four, headphones. It is so amazing what headphones can do to help distract you from what's going on on the outside. Mm. I think if you walk in and you don't have headphones on and you start to look around and you're looking at people and you're making eye contact with people, you will easily freak yourself out. Don't look at anyone. Put your headphones on. Look at the app on your phone and just walk to the piece of equipment that you're due to go to first. It makes a world of difference having headphones with really loud music. Train with Ash. There's a um, there's a Spotify playlist. Train with Ash, one uh, RM week playlist. Best. The best. The best. best to just like tune out to to zone out. Um, and then my last one would be my last tip. Is this tip number six? Five, I think. Five. I'm skipping past. Tip number five would be go with a friend. Mm. You know how like. You know what's better than going by yourself? Going with a friend. So grab one of your besties, take her or him to the gym and say, you're doing this with me. Mm. And then, boom. Uh, Yeah. I think um, mine's a little bit more brash. What's that mean? Is that, no, not brash. Like, like, is that you and I together? That is you. Yes. That's how we make Casey. Mine is a little bit more like, if you want to learn to ride a bike, you can watch... YouTube videos on how to ride, what happens if you fall, what kind of bikes are there. You can watch a million videos, but you still won't know how to ride a bike. The only way you'll know how to ride a bike is to sit your ass on the seat and start to pedal. 
you can do as much worrying. Worrying is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but it doesn't get you anywhere. You can do as much worrying, scared, all this shit as much as you want, but ultimately until you sit on that bike seat and have a go at pedaling, you will never, ever, ever. That's the only way. It is. You just have to do it. You just have to go. And no different to a bike. Once a bike has momentum, it rides itself. Right? Yeah. Same with your training. Once you get momentum, you go a couple of times, it will become complete second nature. I agree. It's it's that first, it's that, that, that thing about stepping outside of your comfort zone, right? It's the first time you yeah. do something, once you know how to do it, and once you realize that it's not scary, then you're like, oh, that wasn't really that bad after all. And then you just keep going. I think the other thing that's really important to remember is that everyone is at the gym for the same purpose. Like, why are we scared to use something that has an intended purpose of you being at the gym to lift weights or to use cardio equipment, if that's what brings you joy, right, to better yourself? Why are we scared? That's what it's there for. If you were going to the gym to, I don't know, play twister with your kids like it like that stuff like that doesn't make sense like if you go to a steak restaurant yeah and you say hey what's the best steak do you expect them to laugh at you no and go what the fuck a steak are you there everybody this guy wants a steak can you fucking believe it right you're at a steak restaurant yeah everyone there is not everyone's getting a steak but you know what i mean no one's shocked that you're there to get a steak yeah. If you're at the gym and you're trying to get the gains, no one is shocked no. that you're there to get the gains. In fact, you have something in common with those people. Yeah. They're your people. If they're at the gym and you're at the gym, guess what you just found? Your people where yeah. you feel normal. You know who might think that it's not normal? Somebody that is that is not interested in bettering themselves, somebody that's not interested in eating well or looking after their body or getting stronger, it might feel weird to them. Yeah. But they're not at the gym to judge you. Yeah. They're probably on the couch. So know that you're using something for its intended use. That's such a good point. I don't think I've ever heard about it like that before. Also, last follow thing. Follow me for more tips, I reckon. I'll follow you for more tips. Also, in the nicest possible way, nobody gives a fuck about you. You're right. No one cares about you. They're too insecure, worried about themselves or looking at themselves or listening to something or how much am I, did I, is this set three? How many reps am I up to? I've lost count. No one cares about you. We did a reel last week in Coles where I was eating an apple in the store in the produce section. I was eating, I opened a packet of Tim Tams. You know, I had, the lube, three. I had the lube in all 10. You know who said anything? No one. No one. We're there. You're videotaping me doing all these ludicrous things in Coles. No one cares about me. No. They don't care what I'm doing. No. They're there. I've got a grocery. I've got a uh, shopping trolley. Yeah. And it's got shopping in it. Yeah. They have a shopping trolley. Guess what's in it? Shopping. They don't care about me. No. The idea, what did, was I meant to get burger rings or burger men? You know, they're trying to remember their... Sh- they've got their own whole life going on that's annoying. They don't... They don't care. They don't care. No, no one cares. cares. No one cares about you, bro, is the ultimate, yeah. ultimately what we're getting at. All right. All right. Question number three. What did, what to do? This is lots of what to do. What to do. <laughs> it just feels like there's a word missing. What to do if your doctor tells you not to lift weights? What do you do? Get a new doctor. Yeah. There's going to be 
ultimately listen to your doctor. Don't listen to me. I'm an idiot. However. That's a, that's a really good disclaimer. Right? Yeah. Listen to your doctor. However, there's more than one doctor. Yeah. So if you are an extreme case, if you have a broken spine and your doctor says um, don't lift weights, probably your doc's onto something. Yeah. Right? Let's not get you trying to barbell back squat while you're in a full body cast. Yeah. Or a wheelchair. Yeah. However, in the vast majority of cases, if your doctor tells you not to lift weights, as I said in my previous rant about it improving basically every quality and quantity life metric that's possible on planet Earth, there are very few reasons why a doctor should suggest not to lift weights. Mm. Again, I'm not a doctor. Ask your doctor. But... Get another, you know what, just go see another couple. It just who it can't hurt to get a couple more opinions. Again, if you have some specific thing, right, don't, I'm not talking to you. I'm not, someone, I have a brutal bone disease where if I squat, I'll die. Oh, don't lift weights then, you know, but I'm talking to the general population that just looks, wants to lose 10 to 50 kilos and they want to do it the most effective way possible. There's... There's a doctor called, and we will tag her in the bottom because I encourage every single person that's listening to this to go and listen to her. And the reason I tell you that is if you enjoy listening to us, you will enjoy listening to her. You might have just found your next favorite podcast. Her name is Dr. Gabrielle Lyon, and she's a doctor, and she talks about lifting weights. She talks about this from a doctor's perspective, what she sees as positive benefits, and the list is nearly endless. So, see another couple doctors. Just see what your next doctor says and the next one. And look, if you see three doctors and they're all like, bro, you can't lift weights, this is a problem. All right, the doctor's probably onto something. But if you see one and they go, look, just cut your calories, don't worry about lifting weights. And then you see the second, they're like, you can lift weights if you want. Mm. Well, yeah, hang on a minute, you know, let's, let's investigate this a little bit further. Again... Not a doctor, Brad. Yeah, I, I think it's really important to be looking at what, why specifically. But also, I think it's important to arm you guys with, don't just be told something. If you're like, oh, my doctor said to lift, not lift weights. And I was to ask you why, and you don't know that answer, then it's important for you to know that answer. What? Did you get told not to lift weights with your MS? Um, I did at, yeah, like, look, from a lot of people on Instagram, they said not to. And my, the doctor actually, originally before I saw my specialist, was like, oh, look, just be safe not to. Um, and Because he didn't know. Because he didn't know. Yeah. And obviously they have to do that. Yeah. It's important if, it, when in doubt, let's not risk it, right? Like, Pull out. That's, that's what, that, that's typically their job yeah um so yeah i think it's important to get a second opinion whether that be an ep um whether that be you know some depending on what your total issue is but i wouldn't take no for an answer without knowing the why because the answer might be if you said why oh well because i don't know and it's better to be safe than sorry well that's not a good enough answer Mm. i'm gonna i'm going to now do some further investigation as to what I can do. And like you said, you know, like if somebody says you can't squat, well, that doesn't mean that you can't lift weights. Yes, maybe you can't squat, 
But there's plenty of other things that you can do as well. So I think it's really important not just a blanket statement. If you get an injury, like let's take Brad, for example, really, really good example with his um, slipped torn disc with his neck, right? He was really concerned. He was like, I don't know, like, should I be lifting weights? He's gone and he's got... The doctor said no. The doctor said no, right? But then you went and saw the sports physio. And he's like, there's a few things you can't do, like you can't do neck circles and a couple of things because it's obviously going to exacerbate what he's done. But he's like, be guided by your pain. If it hurts, don't do it. And he's like, you're 100% fine to lift weights. And what have you been doing? Lifting weights. And how do you feel? I fucking injured it again. It's so bad. No, you didn't. No, I didn't really. (laughs) I feel amazing. You feel heaps better. If I would have not lifted weights for the last two months, I would have had negative impacts with my depression. I would have had negative impacts with the way that I look at myself in the mirror. Immediately, I would have felt unfluffy. So (laughs) the immediate impact for most chicks is they feel fluffy. You know, if if they're triggered by a scale number or a clothing item that feels tight, they feel fluffy. Yeah. I don't know if this is all men, but me individually. Yeah. I feel the opposite. I feel unfluffy. And you feel skinny. Feel skinny, and all these, you know, I wouldn't. Oh, I don't want to go out on the boat because I have to have my shirt off, and I don't look, you know, like all these, um, but you know, negative mental side side effects. Yep. But can I just ask you? Did you just go? Did you just go? Oh, just make my own mind up and just go. What did you do? Like you went and asked somebody that was a professional. Yeah, yeah I, and I've got one more professional to see as well. I saw the doctor. Yeah. The doctor said no. I saw a sports physio. He gave me a different answer. He said yes. And then now I'm going to see, is it an obstetrician? It's not an obstetrician, baby. An obstetrician does babies. Yeah. Well, I'm a fucking bit of a baby. an orthopedic surgeon. Yeah. So then I'll see an orthopedic surgeon over Christmas and get like a final. He is the ultimate boss. Yeah. He's like the end. But yeah, yeah, because. But also like the doctor told me no. However, this is the same doctor that gave me that much pain medication that I could probably sell it and make a profit as a drug dealer. Yeah. She actually <laughs> did. It was it was actually quite horrific. Yeah. She's like, don't train. Here's your pain medication. And I laugh. She's like, work up to three in the morning, three at night. I'm like, are you kidding me? Mm. And are you on pain medication currently? No, I just, I am kind of, I'm kind of the opposite of, wanting to do that if i take pain if the sports physio says work outside of your pain like don't push into pain mm. and i'm on pain medication mm. how the fuck am i gonna know if it hurt if i'm hurting myself right right so at the start when the pain was intense i would take one of those three to sleep just to help take the edge off for sleep and i wouldn't worry about anything else that's all i needed i was like i can put up with the pain during the day because the pain for me was a really good reactive way to tell if what I was doing was positive or negative. Yeah. And the only issue really I had is I couldn't sleep because it hurt too much. So I would just take one of those at night. And then after about three or four weeks, um, it must have healed a little bit. And so, yeah, I just stopped it all together. And you're not getting nerve pain on in your arm anymore, I, are you? I haven't got nerve pain. I just haven't got back full strength. Yeah. But it's gotten better. Strength has improved. improved. Yeah. See, I think it's just important. Like we said, it's not, this is not a just go and train, you'll be right. It's definitely not that. No. It's let's go and get a actual professional opinion. A GP is not a professional opinion. They're a general practitioner. Go and get somebody that specializes in whatever you have wrong and ask questions. If someone mm. says no, why? Understand it properly. 
Use your critical thinking brain. Don't just take yes or no for an answer. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Uh, am, am I asking or are you? You're asking, bro. Uh, question number four. I like this question. Can I split my three full body sessions into six days? Look, it so depends. <laughs> why don't you give a bit of context about what three full body, in case anyone's not listening that's new. Anyone that's listening doesn't know what that means. Yeah, so we in Train With Ash do three full body sessions a week. So that's the minimum that we do. And then we have an optional, what we called focus session that's lower body focused or upper body focused, depending on what you need. So let's just remove the idea of the focus sessions and just say, well, 80, we worked out that 80% of people do three, that just the three full body sessions. That's what Brad and I do. Um, and full body just means working every body part in one session. And you do, you're doing that three times a week. Now, is it optimal to split them up into, you know, half sessions over six days? Look, it's probably more ideal for you to do the three full body days and have the rest in between. However, sometimes what is probably the best and is going to give you the most amount of rest periods um, might mean that you don't actually get all of your session done and you miss half of it. And then the next best or the next most optimal thing for you might actually be splitting it up and doing half today, half tomorrow, and then continuing on and doing that for six days and having one full body rest day at the end of the week. So can you do it? Look, yes, uh, yes, you can if that's your only option. Um, yeah, uh, absolutely, you can. But you, you, you start know. at the top of the list and you make your way down, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like if you're, because it's split up into it, it it's, um, you know, you do your compound lifts first and then you do your isolation exercises to follow. You would do your compound lifts to start with. You'd finish off the next half of it the next day. And then by the time it's the next day over, you'll start with your, com- you know, the next lot of compound lifts and then just keep going, keep going through. Um yeah, it's it's no issue. I think sometimes we get so caught up in, oh, well, if it's not optimal and I can't do that, well, I better do nothing at all. Well, no, that's not the next best thing. Mm. Yeah. I totally agree with everything you just said and I'm finding it hard to concentrate when you wear that top. I'm sorry. Don't apologize, honey. <laughs> it's just I'm getting dribble on the microphone. <laughs> all right, question number five. I, was, I looked at the time and because and normally I'm like, oh, we better not make them too much like a bit under an hour would be great. If they get too much over an hour, I start to get a bit like, oh, is people not going to listen it's too long? But then I just remember that Casey wants us to do like 11 hours per day of podcasting. So it's all good. Yeah. We met with uh, one of our Train With Ash clients, Casey, in Airlie Beach the other day. And she's like, she works 11 hours a day and listens to our podcast the whole day. She's like, I've listened to more than one episode. And she was being very like polite is like more than one episode several times she's basically listened to all of our episodes several several times over and she's like can you please podcast more so i have more stuff to listen to anyway she's like we like the long ones um so let's just roll into question number five how do you progressively overload if you only have 20 kilo dumbbells i'm assuming you mean 20 kilo adjustable Dumbbells? Yeah. Not two 20 kilo ones. If you only have two 20s, we've got a problem. So part of the Train With Ash program is the home workout is designed around a set of 20 kilo adjustable dumbbells that you can get from Kmart, Big W, Rebel Sport, whatever. And there will be some individuals that find that they're stronger than the average female And there might be some exercises, certainly not all of them, but there could be some exercises where they find that they're able to lift 
the whole 20 kilos and do the max reps. It won't be many individuals. It won't be... Obviously, the longer you train, the higher chance that this is going to happen. But in your first three to six months, it's going to be a very minor amount of people and it's going to be a very minor amount of exercises. So just for example, and most things we can just swap out for a unilateral option. So instead of doing like a goblet squat where you're using both legs, you might swap it out for a Bulgarian split squat where you want to die. You know, where 20 kilos is actually quite heavy. So because you're using one leg instead of two. So that's an option. But I would say um, uh, my suggestion would just grab another couple plates. Where yeah. have, where have you bought them from? You, you, uh, the ones from um, Kmart and Big Dub, I'm pretty sure they're nearly identical. And you can get the, the same plates will cross over. So you can either go to Kmart or Big Dub and get some, a few more plates. Or you could go to Rebel and get some plates. You know, just add a couple extra plates. That's all you've got to do. Um, it's not, ex- not going to be super expensive. You know, keep it as cheap as possible. Add a couple extra plates. If you are going to continue to train at home for a while, then I would, I, I personally would probably only do say six months on adjustable dumbbells. I know you, uh, there's got there has to be things that Ash and I don't 100% agree on, and I'm okay with her being wrong. I'm all good. I'm okay with it, right? I think if we asked Ash, you'd be like, you can get 12 months plus out of adjustable dumbbells on their own. Maybe it's the male in me, you know, like this could be the male-female difference. I don't know. But I'm like, one, that sounds boring. You know, I need a bit of variety or whatever. Yeah. I just want to do missionary all the time. And two, you know, like, will could you get the same amount of gains? Yeah, it's not a gain issue. It's really, I look at it as if you're going to train in that one spot for 12 months, let's invest in... Uh, a barbell, yeah, a squat rack, and an adjustable bench. That's all I think. If you're gonna, pro- if you're starting, and you're like, look, I'll get these twenty or thirty-two dollar adjustable dumbbells. See what this program's all about. See how I find it. See what it is, and you do it for three months, and you're like, yeah, this is sick. I'm g- make a decision then. One of two ways: either A, I think I want to join a gym and go and explore that avenue. Or B, if you're going to be someone that does train at home, if you're like, look, the gym's just not for me. It's not that I'm scared or whatever, but it's just more convenient. I've got, I got a baby running around. I can do it in between things. Whatever your reason that you decide, no, I'm going to train at home. I would say at some point, it could be six months, it could be 12 months, it could be 18 months. There are chicks. Is it Kelly McGregor? Yeah, she's got a sick gym at home. No, sorry. Who is it that did? Nikki Renee. Nikki Renee, yeah. Did, I think, two years with 20 kilo adjustable dumbbells. She ended up, her husband ended up getting her a few other. How long did she do with the initial? I think she might have done, I actually think she might have done 12. And she 12 years? 12 years. <laughs> So twelve months, all right. Twelve she months. Tw- then she she ended up buying two sets. Ah, uh, two sets. She did something crazy, like lost twenty kilos. Yeah, she did. I should think she has four kids or five. Four. Four kids, right? Yeah. So she's got a bit happening over there, and she was able to, you know, lots of chicks have done twelve months plus with just a set of adjustable yeah. dumbbells. So you don't have to, but all I would say, if I was sitting across the table from you having a coffee. I'll be like, do you love this? Or, do you know, do you feel like this is something you'll do? Yeah. Well, you know what happens every birthday, every Christmas? Oh, the husband doesn't know what to get. Yeah. Well, you know what, hubby? Here. Here's a list. 15 kilo, uh, 15 kilo Olympic 
barbell. Couple bumper plates. Just start with five kilo, two five kilo bumper plates. Adjustable squat racks, the ones you can move. If you've got room, get a proper squat rig. That's it. Adjustable bench. Boom. That that small setup, you can do very cheap, especially if you bargain hunt on Facebook Marketplace. Like we're probably talking a couple hundred bucks, which yeah, not everyone has a couple hundred bucks that they can just do it right away. But maybe you can do it over several months or several birthdays or whatever. Only because I say, well, if it's something that you are spending two to three percent of your week for the rest of your life, maybe or you know, a couple of years, whatever, and you're not going to join a gym, it might make it a bit more fun for you. Might make it a bit more enjoyable. It yeah. might give you a bit more variety. Arguably, the gains could be similar than if you just got a second set of adjustable dumbbells. But that's what I would do. That's what we did do. When we were locked down during the cold and flu time that you're not allowed to call the cold and flu time because it's a naughty word, we got a 15-kilo Olympic barbell. We couldn't get bumper plates for ages. It took about over six months to be able to get a set of bumper plates. We only got a set of fives. Yeah. And the rest of them were just those smaller ones. No, we got a set of tens. Set of tens, did we? There you go. And the rest of them were the ones that they get bigger as the weight gets bigger. So yeah. we would the tens would be grey because you put them on for your deadlift and then put they set the height and then put the rest on. We didn't have room for a permanent squat rack, so we got those portable squat racks and we got an adjustable bench and then we used our our dumbbell our adjustable dumbbells. So that's what we did. Yeah. Just for a bit more variety. Yeah, it was great. So good. Yeah. So that's so. How do you progressively overload? Any any number of those ways, you move to unilateral, yeah. get a second set of adjustable or just get some more plates. Yeah. You know, it depends if you've got the budget and you enjoy it, maybe at some point look to add some other stuff for birthdays, Christmas, whatever. Yeah. Yeah? Yep. We should do a home gym giveaway. Yeah, I reckon that would be a sick idea actually. I reckon we should do for January intake. I reckon that's a sick idea. Home gym giveaway. Let's team up with someone. Yeah, that's a mad idea. I like it. You heard it here first, guys. Yeah. Do you like it or what? Yeah. (laughs) Um, Is that it? Well, did you have any suggestions that you'd like to add to my amazing advice? Uh, No, I think that's a, yeah, I think that's perfect. Summed it up well. Summed it up so well. All right, guys, if you don't already follow me, head to Ash underscore underscore Lane. If you don't already follow Brad at Train With Brad, he's got a sick reel that he did in Coles the other day. If you haven't watched it, go and watch it because it's hilarious. We might do some more. I think so. I think it's good. We have a couple of other ideas. We've been having fun with the reels yeah. this last week, haven't yeah, we? Yeah, it's been good. Yeah. It's been really good. But it did it did take away from our podcasting time. It did. This was meant to be... you got to balance. This is last week's podcast, isn't it? No, we did a podcast last week. We were going to record this on Friday, though, and release it on the weekend, and we didn't. So instead, it's getting released today. That would sound great. (laughs) All right, guys. We'll see you in the next episode. All right. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye.